0: This is reposted. Every morning, Larry and I dig into a quote or idea that has caught our eye. Our hope is that our chat inspires you to never stop thinking and possibly challenges you in a new way. Thank you for stopping by.
1: One thing I know about my life, I am not. I'm going to officially declare now a super taster. Ran into this funny article like a nautilus.com, which is like how to tell if you're a super taster. For one thing, you won't like IPAs. There's uh, humans can get placed in the three major categories of tasters. I didn't know this non tasters, tasters, and super tasters, roughly in the ratio of 25%, 50%, and 25%. Small percentage, less than 1% of humanity, categorized in the super, super taster category. Super tasters are mostly women and people of European ancestry are usually not super tasters. So what is a super taster? You'd think you'd have a lot of fun eating if you're a super taster, but it's the opposite because you can really taste everything that you're eating. Turns out super tasters think beer is bitter. They don't like IPAs. They don't drink liquor. So uh, they have lots of densely uh, populated papilla on their tongue. Did you even know this was a thing, a super taster? Super taster? hmm, Really? Yeah. Uh,
0: I didn't know that it wasn't European, like it was uncommon for people of European descent. I did know that women predominantly have better taste buds than men, which uh, I guess kind of off the topic of this, but still within the lane. Uh, I'm surprised that there's not more female sommeliers because to be a sommelier, you need to be able to taste really well and identify different Flavors and be able to describe it, um, but it's a predominantly male-dominated industry. Um, but women have are generally more well-equipped to taste. So that's uh and that's, that's just
1: biology. Women just taste
0: better in general. I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I guess it's biology, but that's just like a a well-known fact that I, I just subscribe to. it I'm like, oh, I don't consider myself to have super strong taste, but this uh, indication that super tasters don't like IPAs, maybe I am one because I don't like IPAs. They're too, they're too hoppy for me. And I said, no. So maybe I'm in a, I'm not in the 1%, but maybe I'm better than I thought.
1: That's exactly what I thought. But here is, I need to make this confession. I'm a really bad taster of things. I think it has something to do with the fact that I have lots of like nasal congestion a lot. And so I'm not getting a lot of smell, which is really involved in the tasting process. So, and I salt a lot of food. So I feel like I'm a really bad taster of
0: foods. Mm-hmm. Are you sad about that or do you think you're in the proper lane for the full enjoyment of life?
1: Uh, I mean, I actually am sad about that. I wish I could taste food a little bit better, mm-hmm. but there, you know, there's really nothing I could do about it.
0: I have a suggestion for you to try. Uh, I did something one time when I was just trying to figure out how I should be eating and we've talked about the different journeys I've been on, but one of them was I, uh, com- I completely cut out all sugar of any kind for a week. And then I had an apple after that. And it was one of the most delicious things I've ever had. So like, it could just be your, maybe you said you have so much salt, like you're, you've you've built up this like callus to it. And when you take something away and reintroduce it, it can be so much better.
1: I definitely think that's a case. Also, I've been doing, I've been told you that I'm doing this whole breathing thing. And mm-hmm. one of the things about this breathing book is the more you breathe through your nose, the more your nose becomes acclimated back to being a nose and smelling again. So I feel like my smell might be coming back a little bit.
0: Oh, I mean, that's nice.
1: One of the main things for, for me for food is texture. Like I'm a big texture guy. Like if it's something's mo- like calamari, I hate calamari. That's just not that doesn't do it for me.
0: Even if it's fried?
1: Even if it's fried. Just okay. that when you bite down into
0: it, like that's nasty. Mm hmm. Is it, I mean, is it partly because you know what it is too? Because I was served horse meat one time, and I wanted to throw up because I knew it was horse meat. And I think if I had not known it was horse meat, I probably would have been like, "This is just poorly cooked uh, steak." So I think the calamari. That I don't know for you, but I think there is also a version of like I know what I'm eating, and that's not what I'm used to.
1: No, it's definitely the texture. I'm trying to think of something else that's a lot like calamari, but cottage cheese. I love can't cut. eat it. Can't eat it. I love. Gosh, geez. Uh, do you feel like overall you're a snobby eater? Like you're like, oh, I can't eat this. Because there's people out there like, mm, I won't do that.
0: Um, When it's just within my home, yes, I'm more picky. But like if I'm going to someone's house, uh, the, the manners in me try to take over and say, well, if you prepare this for me, I'm going to eat it. So yes and no. But for me, I don't want to eat like... We use not that many ingredients, and so we'll, what my I subscribe to is if you cook with higher quality ingredients, you don't need all this extra stuff. Like you don't need to deep fry it. Like Rocky Mountain oysters taste good, but they're deep fried. Like it's the it's the batter and it's the frying of it that tastes good. So I'm more of like I'll buy a really nice cut of salmon and I'll add a little bit of pepper to it, and that'll be enough. Whereas if you bought like poor quality stuff, then you need to uh, juice it up with with other things.
1: I feel like I know the answer to this, but I'll ask anyways. And I know the answer because on your first day with my sister-in-law, once you took her to the one of the fanciest restaurants in San Francisco. So like you do like the fine dining establishments. You like
0: fancy foods. Uh, I like the experience of it. And the reason that Gary Danko thing happened was I was working <laughs> at this company in this Someone I worked with was like Gary Danko is one of the hardest restaurants to get into. I called that day and I was like, a lot of things I did early on in San Francisco was like, I don't know how long I'm going to live here. I want to take full advantage of what's available. I made a reservation. I was like, when's your first available? And it was like three and a half months out. So I booked it. As that became closer, I was like, who am I going to go with? (laughs) I asked your sister in law to go with me. We had a nice time. I wouldn't necessarily qualify as a date. I know you would like that. Back to the question you asked me: Would you consider yourself a snobby eater, or are you more of a no, no, no? Do you, for life? do you do you like to go to the
1: snobby, like high end restaurants?
0: I like every once in a while. It's like a it's a fun experience, but the food I don't think is necessarily that much better. It's more of like, oh, this is a cool experience and. Also, I mean, maybe it shouldn't be this, but it kind of depends on who's picking up or how the check is being covered. Yeah. Like, if you have an $8,000 dinner and your bank account doesn't look any different after, that's a better experience than being like, well, I got to pay for this.
1: I mean, I think I know the answer to this. Like, I would love to go to the French Laundry if I wasn't paying, but sometimes when I go to those high-end, high-end, like, French restaurants, that's some of that stuff I don't really like.
0: What, really good service?
1: No, well, I like the really good service, but like there's like they put like caviar eggs on this and this is like uh um sweetbread, sweet that's exactly sweetbreads, and like I'm like, I don't want to eat this.
0: Well, you don't have to, and that's that's your truth. You say, uh, may I please have the kids menu? I'd like some fried chicken fingers. Is that what you go
1: for? Well, so like so so he's got French laundry, uh, Keller not this killer french only but he also has like bouchon which is a place where you can go and there's an actual
0: menu you can order off it Uh, and i've
1: been to that and it was like delicious because i could eat exactly what i wanted to
0: yeah i mean there's something to be said about getting what you want but there's also something to be said about uh eating seasonally and being given like what's in front of you second time's a charm do you consider yourself a picky eater
1: I don't feel, I feel like I'm right in the middle of the spectrum. Like I'm not like the best eater in all time and I'm not the worst. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty in the middle on that.
0: Call you old 50% Larry.
1: Yeah. Cause you know, listen, if things are done well, like I'm not a huge duck fan. I don't like duck, mm-hmm. but I went to shape and ease once that's a name drop and they had duck and it was delicious, but it was like, you go back into their kitchen and they tell you where they get, they have like a special farm where they raise their ducks that they eat. It's like, I don't think that's like the normal tasting duck.
0: Uh, I mean, maybe that is a normal tasting duck, and what we're used to getting has been frozen or shipped and all yeah. that. The farm to table is a much different experience. One of my most memorable meals was in Hawaii. I had fresh cut, uh, fresh caught swordfish, and that. I still remember it. And it's situational, but like it is one of those things. Um, dining experiences can be very memorable and go a long way.
1: I would agree with that. And it's not always about the food. So for sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we're both thankful we don't have the 1% taste. And yeah. so good on that. Well, if you want to drink a round of IPAs with us, please reach out. You can find us at Reposted Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm Andrew Geller for 50% Larry. Thanks for stopping by.